Hello and welcome to Overdrive, a program with an infatuation about trains, planes and automobiles. I'm David Brown and in this program we talk about news stories from around the world including Toyota Partners MIT and Stanford University to develop intelligent cars. We road test the Peugeot 508, a big car from the French car maker. We let Errol Smith discuss the hot version of the Holden Astra, the VXR. And in our panel discussion with Errol Smith, we take a light-hearted look at stories, including Holden links up with the latest Star Wars movie. Have a question or a comment? Send it to overdrive at drivenmedia.com.au. Now, let's get the program going. First, the news. It has been said that children that are born now will never drive a car. Autonomous cars means that the vehicle will drive them. Recent surveys suggest, however, that a significant number of people won't trust an autonomous car. But technology will allow us to move along this path without going all the way to total control. For this reason, Toyota is collaborating with Samford University and MIT in a $72 million project to develop so-called intelligent cars instead of autonomous vehicles. Toyota is aiming to use artificial intelligent technologies to monitor and aid a human driver instead of having the technology take over the driving task itself. This includes backup warning systems, lane departure alerts, systems that monitor driver alertness and systems that will bring the car to a safe stop if you fall asleep. Car companies are still joining forces on the traditional projects, such as manufacturing plants. Daimler and the Renault-Nissan Alliance have started their joint venture manufacturing complex, Compass, in central Mexico, which will build the next-generation compact vehicles for Mercedes-Benz and Infiniti brands. The partners will invest a total of $1.4 billion in the joint venture, which will oversee the construction and operation of the -the state-of-the-art manufacturing plant. The site will have an initial annual production capacity of more than 230,000 vehicles. Depending on the market development and customer demand, there will be potential to add additional capacity. Production of Infiniti vehicles will begin in 2017, while the first Mercedes-Benz vehicle will roll off the line in 2018. Six weeks after hackers revealed vulnerabilities in a 2014 Jeep Cherokee that they could use to take over its transmission and brakes, Chrysler has released a fix for affected car owners. But again, they have run into trouble. They mailed USB sticks to a million owners and asked them to plug it into their cars. Security experts have warned computer users not to plug in USB sticks sent to them in the mail for fear that they could be part of a mass malware mailing campaign. Others have suggested that a USB mailing was likely to be Chrysler's best option to reach as many owners as possible. Perhaps they could have done it in a dealership, but you would have had to drive your car there to get it fixed. Autonomous cars rely on a variety of sensors in order to determine and navigate through its environment. 
Apparently, one of the most expensive sensors available can be foiled by a cheap makeshift setup. Software security researcher Jonathan Petit demonstrated how a laser radar or LIDAR could be tricked into seeing phantom cars, pedestrians or walls, which could effectively paralyse a self-driving vehicle from moving or prevent it from being able to accurately analyse its surroundings. At the very least, the car can be tricked into seeing a car where there isn't one and therefore slows, stops or even won't move. The same goes for pedestrians and walls. Petit does not say that this will stop the development of autonomous cars, just that developers have to be aware of the potential problems. Dash cams are becoming more and more common as people record what is happening when they drive, to have legal proof if there is an accident, to record quirky things on the road, and to get footage that can be sold to news organisations. Now Garmin has a new dash cam that offers driver alerts. They give the driver a heads up about speed and red light cameras and forward collision warnings. The cameras start recording automatically when the car is turned on and will turn off once the car is shut down. In addition, it features incident detection via a G-sensor to automatically save the footage if an impact is detected. The upmarket model costs 200 US dollars and is set to be launched in the fourth quarter of 2015. This week's Overdrive quirky news on the Driven Media website discusses Holden's deal with Disney about linking to the new Star Wars movie. But Uber, the car-sharing company, has already arranged to unleash a fleet of life-size first-order stormtrooper vehicles to be used in New York City. This coincides with Hot Wheels unveiling a number of new toys inspired by Star Wars characters. The white Dodge Chargers feature special black decals to help with the Stormtrooper look and are complete with Hot Wheels logos. To request a ride in a Stormtrooper car, Uber users can navigate to promotions in the main menu and enter the code Hot Wheels FF. And that has been the news. Well, we catch up rather earlier in the program with Errol Smith. G'day, Errol. G'day, David. And we'll talk for some quirky news later at the end of the program. But let's first just touch on the subject that you talked to us a little bit about a couple of weeks ago, the Holden Astra. You have an Astra yourself, a 12-year-old one, and you were driving the new one. I think you said it was like a renovated home. Things looked in the same position, but they're all new, which uh, is rather nice. But uh, we'd just driven the base model GTC at that stage, and we've just had a go of the VXR, the hot version of it. Is it a significantly different car, or is it just more of the same thing, only better? Well, uh, I'm going to describe this as uh, as the Astra GTC's evil twin, because <laughs> it looks almost the same, but you know that this one kind of ran away from home when it was young and came back with a dark side. <laughs> Now the, the, we, okay. we we sort of describe the GTC Turbo as a as a warm hatch. It's it's. Right. I mean, calling it the base model isn't doing it justice. If you want a base model, you go buy a cruise. Um, mm. It's a it's it's a quickish car, but the VXR is something else entirely. This is this thing is 
you know, vicious, basically. Um, it's we're talking. Vicious is a bit strong. I mean, it yes. does get. It's got a lot of power, two hundred and six kilowatts, yeah. and I think you mentioned four hundred newton meters of torque, which is pretty darn good. Yes. But it gets the power to the ground pretty well. It does. Yeah, it's a, it's a surprisingly little torque steer, given how much power it's throwing through the front wheels. And um, this thing is. It just it it looks stylish. It goes really really quick. <laughs> it goes around corners equally well um and it's got these massive brakes which will you know get you out of trouble by stopping just as quickly as it'll head off um mm. so um i think this is uh this is a, an awful lot of fun this car um and just you, it just you, wants you, to be driven quickly there is a button on it that says vxr which you you need to press if you want to get everything out of it suspension gets a bit harder steering gets a bit uh, heavier and the sound gets a bit more raucous yeah, uh, and not dissimilar to other things we've tested, like the Jaguar, for example. Yes, yeah, you get that. It, it really you get a lot more of that wastegate and all the rest of that. Uh, uh, you get to hear all that that turbo goodness. <laughs> <laughs> and it, you you think it it just gets to its rev limit very easily, don't? Uh, yeah, you know, well, the, the, rev, the, the rev limit's six and a half, and it just it just feels like it wants to go higher. <laughs> <laughs> But um, the 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 shift is is very quick. The the, the I never quite got used to the clutch, but I suspect it's had a hard life <laughs> before we got I, to it. <laughs> I think I think the lads who have uh, had the car out before us have uh, found its limits. Yes, and, I, I, uh, you could, I could tell by looking at the front tires. Um, but, um, I have to say this is. Um, this is the uh, you know this is this is a, a genuine hot hatch. This is not this is uh, no slowpoke by any by uh, a, a, any any measure. The the brakes look big. We've got them a picture on, on the website. If you go in to listen to the audio for this, the brakes are really a, a ginormous. Yeah, and uh, it sort of just puts the whole package together. Yeah, you got uh, Brembo's on the front. Um, you got twenty inch alloy wheels front and back. Um, and the brakes are almost that big <laughs> as well. Mm. Um, and um, they, they really do do it justice. And, uh, and you need it because you get to, you know, a lot of speed very fast. Um, if you have a flat tyre, you almost run on the brakes uh, as doing it. But, of course, you don't have a spare. Yeah, well, the, I mean, the GTC had a, had a space saver. But uh, this thing doesn't even have that. You've got a, a little, you know, a bottle of goop and a... And a um, <laughs> <laughs> and a, a a pump, a pump, um, but um, I guess this is this is not this is not a car that you would be driving out in the country that much on a bad road. Um, <laughs> the the suspension is is firm. I mean, it's it's perfectly capable on a rough road, but um, you wouldn't be you know this is not a, a country car bad road no. thing. And it, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't call it a suburban commuter either. All right, Errol, we'll just have a slight break and then we'll talk some quirky news. See you then. See you, David. And if you want to hear a longer interview with Errol about the Holden VXR Astra model, you can go to our website at drivenmedia.com.au where we talk about the difficulties of taking it to the shops but the lovely sound the exhaust note makes. Overdrive. If you have a question, suggestion or comment, send an email to overdrive at drivenmedia.com.au
A lot of talk about Peugeot is often uh, covers their natty little cars. Last week, for example, we talked about having a fang around the Sydney motor racing circuit in their 208 GTI, which revived memories of their hero car, the 205 GTI. But not all Peugeots are small. The 508 is at the smaller end of the large car segment. Some even call it a medium-sized car, but that still means a, a lot of sizable vehicle. Price from 37000 to 60000 for the sedan, plus on-roads, and 48000 to 63000 plus on-roads for the wagon. Is it an alternative to the Commodore and the Falcon, which, of course, are going out of production? Brent Davidson from the Newcastle Herald and the Illawarra Mercury, and I have been driving the Peugeot 508, and he joins us on the line to share experiences. Brent, Peugeots have really a, a range of cars. They're not just little ones are they, including uh, some that are a cross between a sedan and a people mover, a, a slightly taller station wagon, if you like. Yeah, SUVs. It's a sneaky little um, sneaky little mark, this one, isn't it? It, it, it kind of just, as you say, that we, we, we have this um, understanding of, of, of little Peugeots. We don't have an understanding of the rest of the, of the brand. No, you've got the um, uh, 308, which is just like a Corolla-sized vehicle, but you've also got the 3008, which is this sort of people-mover-ish type of vehicle, the 4008. Uh, yeah, the- it, 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 rolls, it rolls around, and then, then, then the subject of this week's story, the 508, which is the, um, the medium-sized sedan, the Mazda 6 competitor, if you will. Mm, yeah, um, which is not a bad car, although I've got to say they're not selling many, are they? Um, that that is an issue, and I think part of the problem for Peugeot is um, they probably can't afford at this point in time to get out there and get the get the brand known. I mean, it's it's a simple matter of mathematics. Advertising costs a fortune. You have to sell a lot of cars to be able to spend that fortune. Yeah, indeed. Uh, for every one five oh eight sold, Holden sells nearly seventy Commodores so far this year. So uh, it's clearly out there. Falcon, which is the second one, but is not doing nearly as well. Uh, they sell about six for every one a Peugeot 508. So it's, it's got a long way to go. But, of course, both the Commodore and the Falcon will be going out of production. Is there an opportunity there? Look, I don't think so. The Peugeot, um, Citroen, Renault, the, the, the more, well, I was going to say use the word obscure, that's a little unfair, the, the less known brands are not going to pick up huge numbers just because Falcon, Commodore, and even the, um, well, we won't go to Toyota because they're staying, but okay, Falcon, Commodore fall off the radar. No, the, 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 the slightly less known brands won't won't pick up dramatically in sales. I think I think that will be picked up by the Subarus and Mazdas and Toyotas and what have you. And of course, Holden and and Ford will be pushing other cars. Uh, it's not you know the Mondeo which I'm about to drive uh, in the medium sized class, but also they might even bring in a bigger car like the Taurus for for Ford. Oh, absolutely, yeah. Exactly, exactly right. So they they won't uh, they won't give up on that. The five hundred eight is in fact the fourth best selling Peugeot on the market, behind the three hundred eight, the four double hundred eight. That's surprising, actually. The, the second best is that uh, people moverish uh, size medium, small uh, small to medium size car. Yeah, interesting. So it's about the the fourth largest there in the large car market under seventy thousand dollars. There's only about six players anyway, including as. Uh, 
as you might talk about the uh, Skoda Superb. Is, uh, it, it's number seven, so it's not selling uh, very big at all. Uh, but a prestige car. If some put the Peugeot in a prestige car, it looks better than the previous version, but still not necessarily outstanding. Uh, some Someone said when I was driving it, they called it a Commodore, and I don't think they meant it as a favourable manner. A bit... <laughs> I'd describe it as a, as a neat car. It, mm. it doesn't stand out. You're absolutely right. Um, but it is not a, a, a terribly unpleasant car. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a good thing to look at, I think, mm. um, in, in a kind of a staid way. Uh, and we have to remember too, David, that um, what we don't realise in Australia is that in, in Europe, the, the Peugeot is a, is a mainstream player. This car sells against the likes of uh, VW Passat, lower-end lower Mercedes, um, Audi certainly. You know, it, 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 is a, it is a competitor in a, a very tough market. Brent, always good to talk to you, mate. Thanks very much for your time. David, it's always my pleasure. Brent Davidson from the Newcastle Herald and the Illawarra Mercury. We were talking about the Peugeot 508, large car in the Peugeot fleet and uh, a nice comfortable lounge chair sort of car that uh, is, makes it nice to tour in. And there's a longer interview with Brent about the Peugeot 508 where we talk about the great fuel consumption that it gets and also that the next 508 model due out in 2017 will push us towards autonomous cars. Just go to our website at drivenmedia.com.au Overdrive. For more information and past programs, go to drivenmedia.com.au. And we're back again, still with Errol Smith, uh, this time to talk about the more unusual stories that we chat about at the end of the program, the quirky news to do with motoring and transport. Now, Errol, Holden and Star Wars... Apparently, they've done a big dollar deal with Walt Disney uh, about the Star Wars franchise, and they're going to own the franchise, or to some degree, uh, in Australia. Now, they say, their, their marketing person says, even internally, some of the people are wondering how this will work. And I'm not surprised because I've got no idea either. No, ne- ne- um, neither do I. I mean, if you had to think of an Australian company that would be a perfect marketing partner for the Star Wars franchise, probably the last one you would pick would be Holden. <laughs> but that's, well, that's what's happened. Um, yeah, my, it, my, my theory, David, is this is because of the imminent devi- demise of the Alderaan manufacturing planet by the, the, the Death Star. Uh, sorry, I meant the sorry I meant the Adelaide manufacturing plant by the US dollar. Um, Very good. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, 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 it, it's pure Americana, really. Now, isn't it? Yes, and, and yeah. maybe that's it. Holden is you know, not no longer manufacturing in Australia. You wonder whether they might even drop the Holden brand. I'm sure they won't, but no, it would be appropriate. Yeah, to go to General Motors in a way. Perhaps they might start to sneak it in eventually. But, uh, but I guess now would be the time for them to release a hover car. Yes, yes. We definitely want a, um, a hover car and uh, maybe a Holden Snowspeeder. Um, uh, uh, yes. Yeah. Oh, 
hover well, bike, do, do hover bike have... perhaps. Um, yeah. I, I don't, it, I, I don't get this because the it makes even less sense because the motoring partner in the US is Fiat Chrysler, not GM. So there's no okay. there's no connection with what the US is doing. Surely Ford was a more appropriate partner. After all, Han, Han Solo's ship is not called the Millennium Commodore. <laughs> Piloted by Harrison Ford, of course, yes. Yes, well, uh, Harrison Ford playing Han Solo, of course. Just for yeah. those three people out there who didn't get that joke, it's called the Millennium Falcon. <laughs> okay. <laughs> In the movie. So yeah, surely, surely Ford was the, the one they should have had. I, I was wondering, maybe they'll rename the, right, rename it in the movie for the Australian markets. Maybe the uh, the hyperdrive will, will become the HSV drive. Um, <laughs> It'll have to be supercharged. All the HSV big ones are supercharged now. Yes, of course. But, yeah. of course, Han, uh, Han Solo's vehicle... The Falcon, as you say, uh, he, he was the sort of rouseabout hero, wasn't he? His vehicle was a bit tatty around the edges. Yeah, he was. The, it uh, had, he was. He was the lovable rogue of the yeah. of the movie, wasn't he? The uh, Toyota Ute image, really, wasn't it? Yes. More than yeah. Um, sort of dirty, you know, never been washed. Sort of, as you say, lovable rogue. Yeah, more, but the, the trouble more, more like is, a, most of those characters are reliving, uh, reprising their particular uh, uh, um, parts that they had in the first Star Wars. But the thing about them is, they're all old now. Have you seen Mark Hamill? Yes, you know he was a fresh-faced youth. Now he's weathered. Yeah, he's almost un- think almost we- unrecognisable. In fact, most of them are, <laughs> if you compare them to the original. Uh, now, the original trilogy, as it was, it's not Carrie Fisher. Yeah, Carrie Fisher. Look, she she now looks like a confident, mature woman who's had a bit of a hard life. Yes. I don't mean to, you know, she just looks a bit more not that fresh faced innocence that mm. she had. Mm. Yeah, uh, I don't, I don't think she, she's not going to be um, wearing that, that bikini again. Uh, no. <laughs> with the Chewbacca. But uh, yeah, uh, well, given that, I mean, given that it's sort of all coming back. You know, forty years later, um, maybe they should just sort of bring back an old Monaro and a, you know, <laughs> you know, a bunch of the old, the old long dead models. <laughs> yes. Well, they could bring back models with uh, big fins on them, couldn't mm, they? Mm. And, and sort of bits tacked on the outside, like the Falcon uh, model of uh, uh, Harrison Ford's uh, Han Solo. Um, um, uh, spaceship that he mm. had i mean that was sort of that glorious tacked on bits here there and everywhere wasn't yeah, it? yeah sort of all the exposed mechanics and pipes yes. and bits and pieces but uh apparently apparently every new commodore now will just only be available in white with black trim and they'll all look exactly the same <laughs> just like the stormtroopers it's <laughs> like the stormtroopers yes <laughs> But the trouble is, if you then drive a Holden out of the showroom and the salesman says to you, may the force be with you, I don't think that leaves you with confidence. No, yeah. no, no. He, he, I mean, he, he, I mean, a, a car salesman, I mean, they'd have to be from the dark side, wouldn't they? Yeah. Well, I thought that might have been Ford and themselves. <laughs> might have been the dark side. There's some glorious things. Some of the great uh, spoofs of... Uh, Star Wars, of course, is from Family Guy. Yes, and there's yeah, a, well, they, they did a whole, a whole, uh, um, whole sort of Star Wars takeoff, and there, and of course yes. there was Spaceballs. Um, yes, was um, uh, one of them too, and yeah, uh, 
I mean, there's been so much, the one. so much fun made of it, but but this this seems like a joke in in itself. <laughs> I, I love the one from Family Guy where the Han Solo's big spaceship disappears, and on the back is a sticker saying "Elect Bush Cheney." <laughs> yeah, they, they they had they had some glorious lines, some of which I can't really repeat here. They uh, push the boundaries of uh, yes of uh, politeness. Yes, yes. Appar- apparently, the uh, the Star Wars demographic is from six to fifty four years. Okay. Yeah. So I assume that's all the um, the people that were unlucky enough to see the uh, you know the reboots, <laughs> the the, uh, the the the, the uh, you know episodes one to three. Um, but um, yes. I saw I saw the first one, but I sort of. Missed out from there on in. I think I can't. Mm-hmm. But we're going to have to fix that. Fix that, David. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yes. Apparently, there's been some skepticism uh, reading the news of the deal. Um, but um, they, they, you know, I mean, they they they've got a some AFL deal, which makes a bit more sense. But um, I don't. Yeah, I I don't get it. But uh, who knows. <laughs> going to be a whole pile of ads with stormtroopers around them and things like that, isn't it? Yeah. I wonder if they're going to get a figurine bobbing on the dashboard of, you know, Darth Vader or something. Mm. A bit like, who was it? Audi had, didn't they have that, that uh, the figurine? But anyway. All right. And uh, now, uh, I want to talk about sexism in, in transport, in its advertising and how they use it. And a special edition swipe card for Taiwan's transport system features a Japanese porn star. And it sold out within hours overnight of being released onto the market. But not surprisingly, there was a storm of opposition from women's groups. There's this young lady. She wasn't naked. I'm not saying that. But it was certainly an alluring shot. She might be dressed well scantily clad but covered up but i think the kind of point is that she's a adult film star errol it's uh, been great to talk to you we'll see you next week and thanks for your time all right david and that's errol smith and we were talking some quirky news from the world of motoring and transport and errol and i discussed these issues in a little bit more detail including the scantily clad pictures on a transit card in taiwan and also a UK survey that finds that bad driving makes you less attractive. Go to our website at drivenmedia.com.au. And this has been Overdrive. My thanks to Errol Smith, Brent Davidson and Paul Just for their great help during the program. Overdrive is syndicated to stations across Australia on the Community Radio Network. I'm David Brown. Thanks for listening.